Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Primary Care Podcast. It's your boy, Dr. Mark List. Before we get into today's episode, as always, we go to the primarycarepod at gmail.com inbox. And today we have uh, our last sponsorship episode from uh, Panacea Financial. Um, they have been such a good partner. Uh, I can't recommend them enough. They've been super great to work with. And so um, as a commemorative last reading of this, uh, I do want to say thank you again uh, to their team um, at Panacea Financial. They are, doc- they are banking built by doctors for doctors, and they are there for all of your needs. They understand that uh, based on their own training experience uh, in their own practice and training that banks didn't understand the financial needs of doctors, and so they decided to fix it. That's why Panacea Financial offers doctors and doctors in training services they deserve that is accessible no matter where they are in their careers at panacea financial their mission is to make doctors lives easier by trusting doctors as borrowers not based on credit scores or debt amounts they defend their customers time being available around the clock and not just nine to five and finally they want to enhance your financial freedom providing a personalized banking experience specifically for physicians and other healthcare providers panacea financial can help you overcome the financial stress of training and practice so Please check them out today at panaceafinancial.com. That's P-A-N-A-C-E-A financial.com. And tell them Dr. List from the Primary Care Pod sent you. Panacea Financial, a division of Primus Bank, member FDIC. Thanks again, Panacea Financial, for sponsoring the Primary Care Podcast. All right, so um, with that out of the way, I did want to get on to today's joke. Um, I, I, You know, it's pretty well-known fact if you actually read the uh, extended version of the Cinderella fairy tale that Cinderella was really bad at sports. And you know why? Because her coach was a pumpkin. All right, that was terrible. All right, thanks. Let's start the podcast. The Primary Care Podcast is written and edited by a family physician for an audience of other physicians, nurse practitioners, physician assistants, residents, and medical students interested in primary care topics. This is not a podcast for patients and should not be used as medical advice. This is also a personal podcast produced on my own time and solely reflecting my personal opinions. Statements of this podcast do not reflect the views or policies of my employer, past or present, or any other organization with which I may be affiliated. Thank you for listening to the Primary Care Podcast. I'm Dr. Mark List, here to bring you the latest news, guidelines, and updates from primary care sources around the globe. Keeping it under 15 minutes long because you're in a hurry and I'm not that smart. Well, welcome back to the podcast, pod girls, pod boys, pod people. It's your pod doc, Dr. Mark List, uh, your best friend, your confidant, your favorite uh, podcasting source of information and needs. Well, maybe that's not that extreme, but you know, that's what we do here at the Primary Care Podcast. And today, uh, I have a really, um, it's a soft, it's a soft study uh, from the British Medical Journal and just here last month, and it is the... um, let's see here, it was published in August of 2022, the effectiveness of an intervention for reducing sitting time and improving health in office workers. And this was a randomized control trial that they really looked at, can they have an intervention that they sponsor with companies and go in and get these office workers to sit less and then monitor not only how much they're sitting per day with these accelerometers, but then also seeing if there were other interventions that could improve the amount of time that they uh, don't sit during the day. And then is there any um, improvement 
in their overall health and well-being, okay? And specifically, uh, they looked at uh, self-reported lifestyle behaviors, musculoskeletal problems, cardiometabolic health markers, work-related health uh, and performance, fatigue, and psychological measures. So this was done in the United Kingdom, which I'm going to make that as a huge caveat because the uh, implications and results of this are, are, are great, but not what we'd probably expect here in the United States. And I'll get into that more in a little bit. And I'm, I'm laughing a little bit because, uh, you know, they, this was uh, 750 employees. So not a huge, huge trial, but still pretty big. And the median age was about 45 years, so an average office worker. Uh, about 75% were women, 73% women, and about 75% were uh, Caucasian and white, right? And so one of the reasons why I laugh at this is because the baseline population had a BMI of 25 or 26. And I laugh because, you know, here in the United States, I don't think that you could grab 750 office workers that were 75% female with a mean age of 45 anywhere in the country and have a BMI average of 25 to 26. I think that's pretty remarkable. So you uh, you uh, Brits are a little bit thinner than our average population for sure. Um, and, and so I think actually... Um, if this trial had been done in the United States, uh, the results would actually be better, and we're going to talk about that. Um, but so the results were very significant. So basically what they did is they partnered with these companies and really promoted with signage, with promotional activities, uh, um, you know, training at the beginning, this SWAL, which was um, uh, smart work and life interventions. Okay. And this was this program that they did. And so one group was a control and they basically said, uh, they didn't do any training and they just said, Hey, we're going to do this and let everyone be aware of it. And that we're going to be monitoring your time, please wear this thing. And so there was an intervention, right? That they, that in this control group where they had to wear this accelerometer to see how much sitting and standing time they did during the day and during in, in, in the office and at home. Right. So there was some kind of intervention there. But then there was a this smart work and life intervention where they, um, you know, encouraged. They had champions on site. They got the offices and the managers at these office uh, companies to be involved, and they got all these employees uh, to get on board. And then they also did the same thing in a third group. But the third group was given an adjustable height desk. Okay, and that's really important because. Um, Obviously, as I'm doing this, uh, I've got clinic. Uh, I, I took a pause from clinic because uh, I had a no-show, and uh, my next one hasn't shown up yet. Apparently, his blood pressure, the guy who just no-showed, apparently his blood pressure must not be as high as he says it's been because he decided not to show up, and my uh, insurance physical is not here yet, right? But I'm doing that at my desk, and I'm sitting here in my desk, and I do not have an adjustable desk. And every time that I come back to my office where, you know, if I'm taking a break, I have to sit in order to use my computer and to do this podcast or to just check my email, et cetera. And the adjustable height desks have been shown to dramatically reduce the number of hours that employees are sitting per month. And why is this important in the first place, right? Let me take a pause on that. And that is because we know that adults that live in office or work in office-based environments spend nine to 10 hours of their day being sedentary, right? 
73% of their office workday is spent sitting at a desk, right? And 66% of their whole day is spent sitting, right? And we know that there's tons and tons and tons of evidence that sitting is the new smoking, the quote unquote, as they like to say, right? Greater time spent sitting is associated with higher all-cause mortality, cardiovascular disease mortality rates, higher risk of type 2 diabetes, higher risk of cardiovascular disease, higher risk of colon cancers, endometrial cancers, lung cancers, higher rates of anxiety, higher rates of depression, and a lower quality of life. And uh, obviously associated with obesity as well, that wasn't listed in there. But we know that all of these things are related to being sedentary, right? Uh, including musculoskeletal issues. And so we have tried uh, the, the new push has been, hey, can we get, uh, should we, we should be telling our patients to be less sedentary, to be more active, to have more a exercise throughout the day. But this is, you know, this was the first time a, a major study has been done with a randomized control trial to see, can we intervene and make a difference? And the answer is we can make a difference, right? The group that did not have the adjustable desk, just had the education, spent less that spent 20 minutes less per day sitting. Now that's not a ton, but again, they didn't change anything else. They didn't require them to stand. They didn't change any of their office environment. It was just an educational piece with signs around the office and some minor changes to the office environment that were just encouraging people to get up and move around throughout the day. So 20 minutes less per day since sitting, right? In the group with an adjustable desk given, in addition to all these other things, they spent 63 less minutes per day than the control group, right? So that's at least five hours plus, uh, five, and, five hours and 15 minutes per week spent not sitting compared to the control group, which is fantastic, right? And basically in the results, both groups, both intervention groups were associated with improvements in stress, in well-being, in energy levels, and both groups, uh, the group plus the adjustable desk, was associated with less pain in the lower extremities, right? And neck pain, but that wasn't statistically significant enough. So basically, there's a ton of improvement. Now, bio, um, sorry, uh, biological markers, the cardiometabolic health markers did not change. BMI did not change. Weight did not change. But again, the baseline BMI of these groups were 25 and 26. These were healthy office workers. If you took the same group in the United States, I think you'd see some cardiometabolic health marker changes with this too, right? One of the huge caveats though uh, with this study was that, yes, you know, they looked at these people and even at the control group, right? You know, uh, that we're talking and we're focused on office-based intervention office-based workers, people that sit at their desks all day for their job, right? And spend, you know, 73% of their office day sitting, right? And this intervention, you know, removes an hour of that time. So, a, you know, a, a nice change just by some mild interventions, right? The big caveat is that 40% of these adults had you know, 40% of their sedentary time was actually at home too. And so this doesn't intervene anything in terms of at-home at interventions, right? They didn't try to change that and they didn't see any change in their home-based sedentary lifestyle. And so again, this is one of those things that this is a lifestyle change, not just an office change, that if we're going to be promoting this, if we're going to um, ask patients to do this, it needs to not just be at work, but also 
in their home life as well. And so that means at the television, that means, you know, sitting on your smartphone at nighttime, that means, you know, you know, sitting on a computer at home, you really do need to encourage them to be more active everywhere. And that needs to be part of the education. So why I chose this is because in the United States specifically, we are incredibly sedentary, more so than the United Kingdom, more so than internationally for all my international um, listeners, which I do have a ton of you guys. But in the United States, we are incredibly sedentary as a society. And it, this doesn't just go for people that have desk-based jobs. This goes from people working at home now. This goes to people um, around the country that have very sedentary jobs. And so this should be something that um, – Every single year, I pick a thing to change, a, a thing, a, a single thing to try to intervene. And this year, I'm trying to do um, education on hearing impairment and making sure we're protecting our ears um, because that's, again, you can't – we don't have time in primary care to, to address everything all the time. So every year, I try to rotate my talking points. And so for next year, this is going to be my talking point about – uh, about reducing the amount of time sitting, right? And whether you work from home, whether you work from an office, uh, or even people when they get home at night, the less sitting that we do, the better. And I am very excited to see that even in these healthy Europeans uh, who were not obese or metabolically uh, had any issues at baseline, right? Um, and that was unintentional, by the way. They didn't pick healthy volunteers. They just grabbed volunteers. Uh, that just tells you that the United Kingdom tends to be healthier than the United States at younger ages. So my point is that when we're talking about this in the United States, I think not only are we going to see the improved mental health, the improved overall well-being and energy and stress reduction, but I think we're going to see a tremendous impact on cardiometabolic health markers as well if we did this in the United States. So again, um, big pitch to your uh, office-based employees. I think this should be an educational piece. Again, for me in 2023, this is going to be the thing that I really push at my physicals and 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 well well adult exams, um, etc. Um, the guy who's going to come in here and uh, oh, he actually just checked in, so I got to I got to wrap up here soon. Um, I'm going to uh, be pushing that next year as my big push. Um, I'll continue to push that when I can for people when we're talking about uh, chronic disease management control or weight control. Um, but again, I think that this is something that is going to be bigger in the future. And I think that this is something that is very easy to intervene. Um, for those of you in small communities with major employees that have office sitting and you can get in the community and, and make a difference in your community, this is something that I think could be something that you could do in occupational health outreach and work with your community and help that. That's what us family providers do, uh, us uh, primary care providers do. And so, again, it's well within our scope uh, to try and change. Hopefully this was helpful to you. Again, sitting is the new smoking and consider this to be sitting cessation um, counseling. Uh, I'm going to make a big push for that next year. And uh, again, hopefully this is helpful. This has been Dr. Mark List with the Primary Care Pod reminding you, you don't need to stay up all night, stay up to date. Thanks and have a great week.